Heroes of Thank you so much for downloading episode 291 of Heroes of Handheld. We are a podcast dedicated to handheld gaming, so each week we like to talk about everything relating to handheld gaming, which normally is focused on the Nintendo Switch, but we do like to talk about um, iOS and Android devices and mobile gaming um, every now and then. In the past, we've spoken about, in our long seven-year history, we have spoken about a lot of different consoles. We've spoken about the PlayStation Vita, the PSP, the 3DS, the 2DS, uh, the Wii U briefly back in the day. That was a dark time in our history. No, was, no, that was good, the Wii U. It was just ahead of its time, I think, the Wii U. I think we'll, we'll say that. Uh, I'm Colin, I'm one of your hosts, and I'm joined by, and I'm joined by this lovely man every single week, and it is uh, Mr... Chris Pearson, who's uh, in the big, the big. What do we say? London is? Is it the big smoke? Big, uh, smoke? yeah, the big smoke. The the big grey glass. The, the, it's not what the windy it? city. That's Chicago. No, and it's not um, the big apple. Well, that's um, New York. So yeah. what do you? I think the big smoke is a good London? one. Here's one for Google. What do you call London? Uh, well, how do you call people in London? How do you? Call... No, that's not what I want. Ah, here we are. Nicknames for um, London. Here we go. This is great podcasting content. London. Here we go. Uh, I've got to go search. Ah, London by the Sea. Oh, no, that's what you call Brighton. You call Brighton <laughs> London by the Sea, apparently. Well, so then... London of the North. That's what you call Leeds. Um, <laughs> well, what oh, here we go. Call... Got it, got it, got it, got it. Yes, you're right. The Big Smoke. The Big Smoke. Well, instead of calling Brighton London by the Sea, why don't we call it the Big Smoke by the Sea? Yeah. yeah. Make anyway, sense. So the smoke, the big smoke, the old smoke, and it's all because of the air pollution in London. Lovely. So there you go. <laughs> Brilliant. Anyway, hi Chris. Hey, hi mate. Hi. How are you? Hey, I'm good. Um, very excited to be back doing another podcast because it's my favourite time of the week. Um, the podcasting time with the podcasting pals. Oh, someone's uh, clattering at your house. Yeah, I know. This is what happens the one time I don't shut the door. Um, you keep talking. I'm going to shut the door. Uh, that make sure is... my partner hasn't fallen down anything. Yeah, so, good yeah. thinking. That is the, <laughs> the poltergeist that Colin's been living with uh, for the last 10 years now, actually. Um, it's very impressive that they've got such a good working relationship because every now and then Colin will wake up in the middle of the night with someone uh, throwing a glass around. Um, it's just, you know, it's just Bournemouth things or other places where Colin may or may not live. Um, because, yeah, sometimes these things, these things happen. You get poltergeists. You didn't shut the door. Um, hello. Hello. I just gave away what city you live in. Do you want to edit that out, or are you happy? I am fine because you no, know, we did. To be fair, a few months ago we did have. Well, not a few months ago. Last year, because it wasn't a few months ago, we had an issue of a lot of um, our fans finding where yeah. I lived and um, the paparazzi and you know they were climbing on each other's shoulders to look through our window. It really was quite concerning. Um, so we had to we had to install like big fences and security cameras, but it's yeah. all fine now. Oh good. Well, I also now. just said uh, I just revealed that you live with a poltergeist. I hope that's okay. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. That's a new addition to um he doesn't really pay rent though. Yeah. Anyway, uh hi. What were you saying? What are you saying? What are you saying? Um, what, are you saying? what I'm saying is what you've been playing this week. 
Well, you remember last week, Chris, and anyone who listened to last week's episode, the fine podcast 290, where I said I've been finally playing the Telltale Batman game uh, on Nintendo Switch. Finally got around to playing it after about four or three years since it came out. And uh, Chris dropped the bombshell that the second series of the Batman series, uh, Batman uh, Telltale game is on Switch as well. So after I finished the first game, I straight away downloaded the second series. Uh, and what really, ha- I haven't played much, or I'm on episode one, about for about half an hour into the first episode, the season two. Uh, not much to report really on the story front so far because they're just setting the scene. But one thing that was quite interesting to me is when you load up the second series, um, the home screen, front screen, it straight away asks you whether you want to um, import your save data from the first series or just start afresh. And I was like, a bit like, why would I want to start afresh when I've I played the first series? I, I, I wouldn't understand anyone's thinking behind wanting to like the game to forget your decisions from the first game because you had the option of either having default choices which the game obviously wanted you to choose or importing your own choices of course i imported my own choices you know because telltale games as anyone who plays them or has played them will know it's all based around the decisions and the choices you make um, and it's supposedly though we don't think it does affects the story in the long term anyway i've been playing that I've also been playing some more of uh, Modern Warfare on my Xbox, uh, Call of Duty. They season four have recently dropped off of online. Um, they've introduced huge fifty on fifty uh, Warzone, not Warzone, uh, ground war maps, new maps where it's just absolute carnage, huge, huge maps, which is fun. They've bought a map back from Modern Warfare Two uh, from two thousand nine, Scrapyard. If you remember that one, where it's like a, a airplane. Um, graveyard in a way and they brought it back for this one and it's a great map and really really loving that so i'm really enjoying modern warfare it's it's great the campaign's good um the online's fun and addictive as usual and still don't understand warzone so there, there you go uh chris what have you been playing well here's the thing Colin. i can tell you what i've been playing mm. or i can play you some music and you can guess what i've been playing oh boy you ready say, yeah man Do you recognise this? Listen to that all day. Of course, so I recognise my boy, Hotline Miami. I, Woo! after we spoke about the um, the pack, the duo pack being on sale uh, last week, I, I had to, I had to go back and let me tell you, that game has aged like fine, fine wine. It is so good and satisfying, and relentless, and pulsating, and violent, and like. It's just so good. I would. The only thing I would say, I don't quite like how it necessarily feels on the Switch Joy Cons because I don't think the control those Joy Cons are great for um, top down shooting. Like I think the thumbsticks are a bit small, but mm. on the Pro Controller it feels so so good. Like for anyone who's not played it before, um, where have you been? Hotline Miami. Uh, the first one came out in I think 2013, so it's very. It's you know, it's been around a while and it's a top-down uh arcade shooter melee um quite intense game where you go to different uh levels and you just have to very quickly work your way through all the bad guys there and you can either be very careful and very silent or you can go in all guns blazing but the 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 two shticks with this game is number one 
when you die, you respawn instantly and the level just reloads again. And it's very much about the enemy behavior is predictable and it's about you as a player working out how to do the best combos, how to zip from room to room to room to pick up things, to drop things, to get certain enemies in a certain order, to get a nice high score because it's all scored. Um, the, but the second selling point uh, is the music, which we heard a little bit of there, which is just this incredible like trance kind of um, soft like disco kind of weird intense music which every level just sounds gorgeous especially on headphones as well it's a real great way to play but then there's this kind of mad story as well which is based around um you play as a character which uh, fans call jacket um and you go to different levels and you kind of have to carry out these different hit jobs on various members of russian crime syndicates um as the game goes on more is discovered about that and the relationships you have including with the random um server who meets you between levels and also a woman that you rescue fairly early on as well but it's just so good and i forgot just how like satisfying it is to play because when you pull off a combo um and the level goes how you want it to it feels like you are like gliding on ice it is just so silky smooth um and i can't wait because i i played the second one but i didn't play it very much so i'm really looking for i'm to be honest i'm kind of racing through the first one uh, so that I can play the second one and get to grips with that because I know they added some really cool stuff in there. Um, and this collection has both. So, yeah, oh, mate, it's so good. It's a very... St- I mean, I always saw Hotline Miami as a, a stylized puzzle game. It really is a puzzle game yeah. in a way. There's different ways you can tackle levels and different ways you can get past enemies. You can um, you can sort of do the... Um, not the sly approach, what am I... The undercover approach, that's not the right word either. So when you go more hidden, or yeah, you can go in the guns blazing. Approach, yeah. yeah. There's some t- I mean, it, I found it quite... I love Hotline Miami, but some parts are really frustrating. They're really difficult bits. And there'll be bits where I'd just have a machine gun, and I'd literally just like run into a room and just spin the Joy-Con around, yeah. and just end up shooting his... <laughs> hoping that would work, just like spinning around and around, because I was getting so annoyed. I mean, it's not for the faint of heart, as no. you'd say. It's top-down, pixelated fun, but it's very gory, and there's yeah, some... Yeah. Um, some controversial parts in it as well, which people um, were unhappy with at the time. But it's it's great. It's very addictive. It's yeah. fun, and it sounds and does look great. Someone so, yeah. in a I, I wish I could remember what podcast it was because I credit it. But I remember listening to someone talking about a Doom game and referring to it as combat chess, which is this idea that it is a puzzle to be worked out, and dying isn't failure. Dying is just part of the process of solving the puzzle. And yeah, like like you say, it's you know it's it's not about um just going in and like being uh all guns blazing pow 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 because you will very quickly be mowed down it's very much about like planning of movements the or it's like prioritizing the order to go in knowing where the enemies are uh, anticipating problems and behaviors it's just great i love it so much um yeah. so yeah i'd really uh, yeah like you say and i i probably didn't make a very good emphasis on that it is very brutal and violent and gross but it is so good i love it so much hmm. good i'm glad you're revisiting that we used to talk about that quite a lot back in the playstation vita days yeah a good darling time. vita um half the press actually have you seen the i mean we're recording this on a monday which is quite yep. rare for us the 15th of june um about an hour ago just over ea dropped a trailer for star wars squadrons Ooh, don't know if you've seen the trailer I haven't, for this. but i have actually been playing battlefront 2 Oh, this on, links on, on nicely. Yeah, on PS4. Mm. Um, 
which yeah. was free on PlayStation Plus. Uh, mm. Sorry, you talk about Squadrons first. Well, not much to say, really. Um, it's just the new game from EA. It's coming out 2nd of October. It's going to retail about £40, which isn't too bad, you know, for a... It seems like a full-length, full-fledged game as well. Um, it's based around... You're flying around ships in Star Wars time, basically. It's set after Return of the Jedi. It's um, the Republic versus the um, Resistance. So it looks great. I mean, it looks absolutely gorgeous. And, um, I mean, I've, I've played a bit of Battlefront 1 and 1 2. Uh, and in terms of the the um, vehicles and the ships and the things like that, that's not something I've actually done too much of in Battlefront. I've been focusing more on the on, on the ground um, army and stuff. But this Squadrons game looks quite cool. Um, what else to say? Oh, it's going to be cross-platform play as well. So you can play with people on other platforms. Um it's five on five with the and the story. I mean, there's in terms of the story, not much was revealed, but um, it looks good and the graphics look great and people are excited for this. Obviously, why wouldn't they be? Um, I don't know if they actually reveal what consoles it's coming out to. Um, this also, also links onto Southern Cows. Whilst I find out what Squadron, where Squadrons is releasing on, what platform, let us know what you've been doing with Battlefront Two. Yeah, so I got it. Um, it was free on PlayStation. Well, free. You know what I mean. It was one of the monthly games on PlayStation Plus. Um, and I played the first Battlefront to death. I really enjoyed it. Um, I played a lot of the online. I played a lot of the co-op survival mode as well. This is. Um, this is. To me, like th- this game got a lot of flack when it first came out, and there was such. Was it, a sorry, big... was it the first or the second one that got the flack for all the microtransactions? It was this. It was the, it was the second one. one. Okay. It got a lot of flack about characters being restricted behind uh, paywalls and unlocks and stuff like that, and it was loot crates. Yeah, wasn't it? that was the big thing. It was yeah. real big. I'm pretty sure it was. A, maybe you could factor that, but I'm pretty sure it's the second one. Um, I have Google. I'll Google it. But the thing is, playing it now, it seems like a completely different game because, you know, I've I've played it for an hour. I've I've played as Chewie. I've played as Luke Skywalker. I've got to play as the Emperor Palpatine, which, by the way, was very satisfying. It's like, for me, it's a stellar game. It's gorgeous, and it does exactly what I love about the Battlefront games, which is it makes you feel like you are so enveloped in the Star Wars world because you, when you have a blaster in your hand. You know, it makes the kind of like pew 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 or the it kind was, of. It was sorry, just in It was Battlefront Two that had the issue of my yeah, yeah of my transactions, but they've changed it now, haven't they? Where you yeah. can't actually pay for them. Sorry. So just it's just yeah, it's like it's like you are lying on a duvet and slowly sinking into this world of Star Wars because everything just feels exactly spot on, like the way that. Um, the guns feel, the noises that they make. I mean, I said this about the first one, probably on a podcast here many years ago. But the, the noises that the, like the guns make, this, the the way the planets look, the way the starfighters work, and you have to make these long, like, strafing runs against targets. Uh, the way the heroes, for me, feel a little, can feel a little underpowered, but I think that's probably good because if they were overpowered, it would be uh, very frustrating. Um, but yeah, I to be honest i love it like and i was braced for it to be a bit tricky um but i think it does a very good job of just throwing you into this world of star wars and just having you like absolutely go up against whatever era it is and is maps from all the three major eras you know the prequels the sequels and the classics um you can play as all sorts of different characters i love it it feels so good and you know will i still be this in love in a, in a week's time 
I don't know, maybe not. But for the moment, it's really scratching an itch. And like Star Wars is not my, you know, I like Star Wars. It's not my favorite thing in the world, but I do enjoy it. But this game just feels great. Like when you have those guns and you have those spacecrafts and you have those characters, it just feels exquisite. I played a lot of Battlefront 1 on my Xbox One years ago and I really enjoyed it. I actually do have Battlefront 2. I played a little bit of it but just could not get as into it as the first one. But I know, as you've said, I've seen a lot of people say how it's pretty much every character known to man is in it now. Um, you can have battle like as General Grievous against Darth Maul or something like that or Darth Maul versus... Um, I guess they'd be both Sith, wouldn't they? So Darth Maul versus like Obi-Wan Kenobi or something like that, which is great. Isn't it like there's a way you can have Anakin Skywalker fighting Darth Vader as well? Can't you? Oh, really? Which is awesome. Yeah, that's what I've seen in the hero oh, battles. I, that. I haven't played awesome that mode yet, but um, yeah. Mm. The only thing I will say is, for me, my favorite. I don't know if this is just locked or something, but my favorite mode in Battlefield One was the. Um, I can't remember what it was called actually, but it was the mode where you were playing. Um, you could be playing, like on the ground as troopers with guns, but there were also land vehicles and air vehicles flying around and moving around and as far as i can tell i haven't played a map with that mode settings yet now that doesn't mean it doesn't exist but if it like i really hope it does because i loved that mode so much and that felt like real true star wars to me um yeah, yeah. that's why i loved about the first one i mean in the first one i remember there wasn't many game modes as such it was basically just like a huge huge map with like crazy amounts of um people on each side and yeah. i think that was the mode where you had the people in the sky and on the ground battling at the same time which was just beautiful to watch such a fantastic that's really what online multiplayer is all about in this day and age just gorgeous just yeah gorgeous. For sure so once i've um, finished playing call of duty modern warfare i can delete that huge file and actually yep. start playing battlefront again so <laughs> yeah i mean admittedly you know it's not on switch handheld podcast but uh yeah it's a good it's a good time although speaking of things not We've not got a lot of news this week, but there is obviously a big kind of video game story, which was, how did you get on, Colin, with the PlayStation 5 launch? Did you, you watched it? I watched the entire thing. Um, and I, I think I've said on this podcast, I've been, um, in terms of the main console I've had, I've been Microsoft and Xbox since uh, late 2000s, probably about 2007. No, maybe it was like mid-2000s I got my Xbox. Uh, the Xbox 360, then I went to the Xbox One. But now I am pretty much certain I'm going to move to a PS5 in the next iteration just because I feel like I missed out on a lot of great games by being on Xbox, uh, which I couldn't play. Um, just a few at the top of my head, obviously, Last of Us, um, Uncharted, uh, and I'm sure there's hundreds of others. I'm, I can't... Um, Oh, Spider-Man as well. That's another one I didn't get to play because I was on Xbox. Um, so I was really excited about PS5 reveal, which was on, was it Wednesday they had this? Uh, Thursday. Or was it Thursday. Thursday, that was it. It had been pushed a week, hadn't it? So it was now long. Um, they showed a lot of games, a lot of games, which was great. Um, it wasn't always clear which games were going to be PlayStation exclusive, Um I thought I don't know how you felt about this, but the opening game they discussed was GTA Five, <laughs> which was a bit like oh, it's turning into it's turning into like a meme now. It's like Skyrim. Yeah. They're trying to milk as much money out of it, like suckling on those teats, get as much money out of it as possible. But they didn't really say what new. They they basically for anyone who didn't watch it, they announced it, they had a big um, Rockstar logo, and I was. I, 
I was probably the same as everyone else, thinking, oh my god, a new GTA, this is it. But yeah. no, it was G- it was GTA Five, which has been out. It's been out for a very long time. I can't tell you. How many, I don't know how many years. Probably five, it came six out on years? a PS3 era, didn't it? So oh, that's crazy. You know, that's two generations back at this point. But they said that um, it's going to come out on PS5 with new modes, new features, and um, PS5 owners get on GTA Online for free as well. So that was a bit of a disappointing opening. I don't know how you felt about that. I've never played GTA 5. I don't really intend to. I yeah. know, I've just never really been that interested, to be honest. I got... I mean, there's a lot to unpack in the conference, and, we, you know, we probably won't have time to talk about all of it, but yeah. I think the I thought the rest of it was so good that, that that really worried me when that was the first thing. Because, yeah, I my mood quickly whiplashed from, oh, cool, something new, like, from Rockstar. Like, yes, please. Like, you know, is it going to be, like, new, like you say, new GTA or new something red dead or something like that and yeah to just be like hey it's that game that at this point if you don't own it like it's i don't know i don't know how because it has been everywhere um yeah because luckily the i mean it picked up speed very quickly after that i thought like with the spider-man trail oh yeah spider-man straight to that yeah that's such a good way to do it and even like Mm. gran turismo after that was not being my thing it's like okay yeah there's something here for everyone yeah, I mean, you could tell there's a lot of passion for all the people who spoke in the conference. In the, obviously, it was a pre-recorded conference; it wasn't live. But all the game developers and people who did speak, you can tell how passionate they were. Um, I mean, just I'm looking through the list now, just to remind myself of everything that was actually discussed um, before. I mean, there's a huge list here. I won't talk about them all, but the ones I would, I'll just say the ones that really piqued my interest. I mean, the top one was actually towards the end of it, and that was a game called Death Loop. Mm. which is by Arcane Studios. And for those of you who don't know, Arcane Studios is most famous for Dishonored. Dishonored 1 and 2, which are two of my favourite games of the um, the current iteration, um, the current generation of gaming. Uh, Dishonored some of my favourite games. It looked very Dishonored-y. Um, yeah, yeah. The, it basically could have been dif- dis- uh, Dishonored. But it was a cool idea. I believe the idea is that there's two assassins constantly fighting each other, but whenever they die, they come back. So they're like in a death loop where they're always trying to outdo each other and kill the other but when they kill they just when they kill each other they then just start again and try and do it again it's like a constant battle but it looked really cool um the trailer was awesome i thought it looked amazing and i'm really looking forward to playing that one um and uh, what else Pete, my age? oh yeah <laughs> there was another um excuse me water in my throat uh, there was <laughs> another time loop game as well which looked really really cool um where you were playing it looks a bit more kind of uh, intense and maybe horror-y, uh, question mark. Um, but it was called, was it called Returnal? Um, yes, Returnal. And, I mean, it looked absolutely uh, mad. But you Oh, that was the one, yeah, lady on Earth, the, the space... Um, yeah, you play, yeah. As, you play yeah. as like an ast- astronaut-type character landing on a planet, which is, uh, you know, seems to be maybe different every time kind of uses roguelike elements it's made by housemark who have made some really good games for uh playstation so yeah it's very exciting alluded as to whether in that trailer they showed they they sort of didn't allude to whether it was all in the character's mind or not you know it seemed like she was going crazy a little bit so that was really interesting um i mean looking at i thought you were talking about ratchet and clank for a second there Uh, (laughs) oh yeah but also look great yeah, they're great. I mean, they're, all, all the games are good. I mean, another one I'll just quickly mention, which really piqued my interest, was the one where I think it's called Stray, where it was like a weird futuristic world where there seems to be robots everywhere, and you're playing as a cat. Um, that one looked quite cool. So that one's piqued my interest as well. Um, I'm sure you were. Very, um, Resident Evil Village looked great as well. That looked creepy. Yep. That um, looked cool. 
Um, well, okay, I'm, before I hand over to you, can, I'm guessing you were excited for um, Horizon yeah. Forbidden West. I thought, sure what you were talking about. yeah, I thought Horizon looked uh, absolutely stellar. I mean, I loved the first Horizon, um, and I'm really, really keen to see this. And you know, Underwater looks interesting. I think hopefully they will make it work well. Um, you know, fingers crossed that is a good thing. But uh, yeah, I thought the Horizon trailer was excellent, and there was some really cool. You know, there was some cool. Uh, indie stuff kind of confirmed as well um the game now uh which was the one with the little uh like little dark um things that were kind of represent i think people were saying they were meant to represent rot um the bridge of spirits game made by ember lab i thought that looked absolutely adorable and that looked like really kind of engaging interesting um characters uh in that game so that's kenna bridge of spirits um that looked really cool uh Oddworld looked mad uh, i quite like odd world so i'm very keen to give that a try resident evil like you said um yeah just loads of really cool stuff like i thought it was to be honest i think it was it was a pitch perfect um presentation because it was just relentless and it was just like game mm. game game and you know the, the talking head bits in between which by the way i i'm very keen for the memes where people were saying those people were rendered because they did look odd <laughs> there was a there was one time where one particular clip where i did think these guys don't look real they look a bit odd yeah like uncanny valley a little bit here yeah yeah um, and i can't work out if that was on purpose or not um yeah but i thought it was a really great presentation i thought it was relentless i thought the games they confirmed looked you know consistently exquisite and varied across the board as well um and there weren't any like um there wasn't anything there that was like uh you know a hold on to your butts moment in terms of like wait they're bringing this person back but what they showed was like i can't wait to play you know every almost every single one of those games Mm. I don't know. I would say probably Oddworld was that sort of moment where that sort of surprised people a little bit. They were bringing back Oddworld. Yeah. It didn't really have like a major effect. It was just like, oh, they're bringing that back. Fair enough. Yeah, I think the thing um, for me was, okay, so yeah. Let me, let me rephrase it slightly. Some of those games were like, um, some of the games they showed were sequels. I thought were coming at some point, i.e., Spider Man and Horizon, mm. but I just wasn't. Ex- I wasn't expecting them to show them in that stream. But I'm glad they did. Um, so yeah, fingers crossed for them. It's good to have Sackboy back as well. I thought that was quite cute. Sackboy, a big adventure. That was, that seemed very similar to Mario games, in my opinion, in the way it was playing. Like the um, Mario, that, that sort of reminded me a bit like Mario Odyssey. Yeah, yeah, like very gameplay. much party vibe. Mm. Yeah, and one last thing I just want to quickly mention before we move on is Bug Snacks from the same creator of um, Octodad. The theme song in that was so darn catchy. I couldn't yeah. stop singing it. Bugs Made by Caro Caro Benito, who I've snack. seen live, and they were fucking great. They're so, so there good. You go. There you go. So uh, yeah, a lot of exciting games. But um, move on to the most important thing, is the things that I was looking for was release date, price, and what it looks like. We got one of those things. We got yep. what it looks like, and I don't know. I'm surprised about the negative feedback. I thought it looked fucking great. I think it looks absolutely gorgeous, in my opinion. Um, it looks so cool and futuristic. What do you yeah, think I, I quite like that they're doing something different with the design, um, and I like that it is a, uh, it's designed to attract your eye, isn't it? Because what I think what they're trying to stop you from doing is have five different black boxes plugged into your TV at any one point. Like this is, it's very much like a 
uh it draws the eye it's like a demanding feature uh design and yeah i think you know it's designed to be stood next to your tv like this is a playstation tv i i really like it like i think it looks really cool i think it looks futuristic and i think as well the current iteration of playstation much as i love it does have problems with overheating has problems with like dust and vacuums um vacuums does dust problems with dust and fans so i think this looks like it is maybe they've taken it on board maybe they haven't maybe it's just a dumb design but i do think it looks really cool <laughs> yeah it's interesting they've got two different versions as well they've got a digital only version with no disk drive and the one with the disk drive so uh it'd be interesting to see what the price difference yeah. will how be much between do you want to pay um <sighs> I'm I'm probably thinking it's going to be around the four hundred pound mark. Yeah. Um, but I don't know what the price difference will be, and I'm trying to think what the price difference will be between the digital only and the disc drive version. I'd imagine the disc drive version would be more, but I don't know. Probably maybe a hundred pounds more, or somewhere between one hundred and fifty pounds more. Um, I'm not sure. I mean. What interest? So just to go off topic a little bit, because you were saying about it being the centerpiece of the room, you know, mm. you're seeing the console and realizing, oh, this is a PlayStation room. I saw a side by side comparison of the Xbox One and the design we've got for that, which is basically just a box, like like a bin. It looks like next to the PS Five, and interestingly, I think the PS Five is bigger than the Xbox One Series X. Not the, oh, Xbox well. One, the Xbox Series X, I think it's called, which was interesting because I thought the Xbox, the new Xbox was going to be huge, but apparently the PlayStation is bigger. So there you go. But yeah, I think probably around, the f- well, hopefully around the £400 mark is what I'd be hoping for. But yeah, I, re- I maybe think. Maybe a bit more. Do you think the with the download version, because it might be that it's got a bigger hard drive, maybe? Um, so it might be that they're priced the same and one's like one terabyte, one's two terabyte or something. Um, I don't know. I think they will make one slightly cheaper. So maybe it's a way of getting people yeah. that want to pay a little bit less in the way of doing it where they can make it financially viable by not having the disk drive. I don't know. But uh, I mean, in terms of the designs, it didn't look much different, really. I mean, with the disk drive, yeah. it's a little bit bulkier on the side, but... I don't know. We'll see. Um, well, they they didn't. They said it's obviously holiday season, which normally is around the October point um, or November yeah. for release. It feels a bit like Microsoft and Sony are both uh, waiting, waiting for the for, other yeah, yeah, to, yeah. to make the first move. So we'll see. I mean, I'm still all in on PlayStation Five. We shall wait and see what the price point is. I don't know whether I'll get one this year. I might wait a year to get one. Yeah. But we shall see. But that's no, very exciting. It was a good. It was a good event. They did everything right. The games, the reveal was good as well. Um, and really, did we really think they were going to give us a price this early on? I don't know. Yeah. It was unlikely. But at least here's, it would have been nice. Here's my predictions. Hmm. Uh, I think the digital only one is four fifty. I think the one with a disc drive is four eighty, and I think Colin doesn't buy one until twenty twenty two. And it'll be Black Friday when I do yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you're probably right. You're probably right. But yeah, no, that was a good, good conference. Uh, we'll embed a link on hoshandheld.com. Uh, sorry, yeah. do, sorry, let me do that again. Edit, edit, edit. <laughs> <Will> it... <laughs> I'm not editing that. That's staying in. All right, well, we'll embed a link on hoshandheld.wordpress.com um, to check it out. And if you're lucky, I will also embed my favorite Caro, Caro, Benito track as well because they are Please great. do. Yeah, I love them. Uh, should we just rattle through some news? There's not a lot of stuff to do because we're going a little bit early this week. Um, 
partly well thanks to thank you to Colin for being flexible and going early with me because my week uh, messed itself up so very quickly um if you are looking forward to Catherine full body uh, I have found on YouTube someone has put up a 40 minute uh, gameplay of the demo which is out in Japan uh, so if you're worried about how this game is going to run or you want to get a vibe for what Catherine full body is like um do go on to heroesfound.wordpress.com where we have embedded the video um, and if you've not played uh, Catherine before or you didn't play it when it was out on the other various consoles um, it's a weird it's a weird puzzle game with a story based baked into it all about heaven and hell and binary choices and decision making and it is wonderful and artistic and bizarre so do check out Just One Gamer's um, 40 minute gameplay uh, because yeah it does look good on I think it looks good on Switch and I think people will hopefully come to it because you know it's a it's a cool weird Japanese game and yeah I can't wait to see if it see it get another boost of life um the only other th- little bit of news that I wanted to pick before Colin I know you want to talk about Pokemon Go is in this week that uh, E3 would have been and sadly wasn't uh, there have been lots of like micro game announcements from different press conferences none of which have come bigger than Nintendo Kart Racers 2 speeding onto Nintendo Switch this October uh, this is Nintendo Kart Racers 2 Grand Prix and is now being confirmed to be coming out on October um, for the Nintendo Switch 30 playable characters 70 companion cards to assemble a pit crew tens of thousands of character combinations Colin 28 tracks 2 arenas uh, there's a full link on um, our website to Nintendo Lifestyles because we've done a really good write-up of this. Um, but there's a cool trailer as well. Uh, some I didn't have Nickelodeon as a kid, so I don't know all of these characters because some of them made their way to CITV and the BBC and some of them didn't. But I, of course, recognise Hey Arnold, so I'm looking forward to uh, ripping up the tracks with that football head. Um, who else do you... I think Ang from Legend is, of Avatar is there. Is Capdog there? Where's Capdog? Is he in there somewhere? God, well, be. you're Come just going to have to watch the trailer to find out if your favourite made it. I think Reptar, possibly. Uh, Angelica oh, from Rugrats. Yeah, Loads great. of cool, weird... SpongeBob's SpongeBob will be there, surely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Squidward. Yeah, it's with the first games on sale on Switch at the moment, I think. The first kart racer. Yeah. Um, I've not played it. <gasps> Ninja Turtles are in it, Colin. Amazing. But I've... Is I've not really ever heard any feedback or opinion on this racer. Um, yeah. Yes, yeah, because so, we've had many races. Obviously, Crash Team Racing, Mario Kart. There was the Sonic All Team Racing, which came out a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, I've not really ever heard any negative or positivity about this one. I've not watched any footage, so I might have a look and see what the initial opinion was of the first one. Um, I mean, people love a kart racer. Like it's very much a, uh, you know, as a as a genre. People keep finding ways to make new kart races. It's definitely something that all kinds of gamers can enjoy. You know, the casual gamer to the more intense gamer can get into it. So it makes sense. So, yeah, we'll definitely uh, keep an eye out for that when those uh, more details come out for that. Exciting times. Yeah. Um, Last bit of news then, Colin. What's happening in the world of Pokemon Go? Yeah, let's quickly touch on this. We spoke about this a couple of weeks ago. Um, So Pokemon Go Fest is something that's been happening for, well, since the iteration of Pokemon Go in 2016, was it? Was it four years ago now? Yeah, must be around 2017. So each year there's been some form of gathering or festival for Pokemon Go. The first year was loads of issues. Obviously, there was Pokemon Go had a troubled first year where there's lots of connectivity issues and server issues and stuff. It's all gone now. It's a fantastic place. 
Um, but since then, it's got bigger and better, and, the, and Niantic have really worked to make it a good thing. Last year, I think the one in Europe was in Dortmund in Germany. Um, and this year, there were supposed to be events across the globe. There was going to be one in the UK, the first ever UK one. Um, it was called the Safari Zone, and it was in Liverpool. But obviously, due to the issues with you know, the health situation around the world, um, all the events were postponed. And Niantic have been, um, we've spoken about this before, with not just um, Pokemon Go, but with the Harry Potter game as well. They've been really good at making it more accessible to people to play from home. Um, and they've done a fantastic job, as we know. Um, they've Today, it was actually earlier on today, they released information as to how Pokemon Go Fest 2020 is going to work. And it's going to be a, um, a virtual uh, Pokemon Go. So basically, you can buy a ticket for it and you can play it from home. So they revealed further details on this. But before we get into that, the Pokemon company actually released, um, put a tweet out. Uh, I think it was earlier on today or yesterday saying that they're, they're going to be donating five million five million dollars um, to a variety of charities uh, in the statement they said they're going to be pledging it, pledging the money so i've got an ad popping up here uh, it's going to be to different do groups and it, the donations will go towards improving the lives of, of children with a focus on diversity equity and inclusion so five million dollars is a lot yeah that's money. big money and the the line is that this five million is going to come from the money that comes from the Pokemon Go Fest ticket money. And so in terms of details of Pokemon Go Fest for 2020, if you want to be involved, it's going to be $14.99. And that's going to be the same price across the world wherever you're from. So it's going to be $14.99 or £14.99 in the UK. Uh, and this will allow you access to specific events on the weekend of the 25th and 26th of July. So it's very similar to how it worked last year at Pokemon Go Fest. There's going to be un a unique story and research tasks leading up to the actual weekend. So in the weeks leading up to it, there'll be new research tasks. But on the specific weekend, if you've bought a ticket for it, you'll get access to special research tasks and you'll get access to legendary Pokemon and things like that. Um, they haven't released any details as to what's happening on day two. I'll say that straight away. Now Antic have said they want day two to be a complete surprise. Um, but in terms of the first day, um, on the 25th of July, it's going to run from 10am to 8pm local time. Uh, and that's where the research tasks begin for the ticket holders. There'll be 10 hours of play, 5 habitats, like those from the physical GoFest from previous years. Um, different habitats will feature hour by hour. And they're going to be themed around water, grass, battle and friendship. Um, there'll be a new global challenge arena in the game where we'll let ticket holders earn bonuses for the remainder of the, each hour by completing tasks and seeing their progress updated in real time. There's a screenshot in the article on Eurogamer of what it will look like if you are part of the um, I guess celebrations. Um, but it's, it's good. It's like they put this all worked out and it's great that they're doing it so you can play it from home. You don't have to travel anywhere. And $14.99 is not too bad, you know. Um, not that bad of a price, especially if you get a legendary Pokemon at the end of it. Um, but it's good um, that in the lead up to it, there's going to be events for everyone to get involved with. If you haven't bought a ticket for it, so that's good. So it looks like they, they probably thought this through. So I'm sure this will be successful. It's just over a month away now. Well, it's a, a month and 10 days. Yeah, because the 15th today until that. Um, so I'm so sure as we get nearer to uh july and the middle of july we'll get further information as to what to expect but this is very exciting and it's good that they're donating money to charity as well so now take our uh, once again hitting it 
out of the park. Do you think that you will be spending £15 on a ticket for this, Chris? I don't know. You know, I'm not convinced because I know you talked about their servers and stuff earlier. Like, we do still sometimes have days where Pokemon Go just will conk out. Like, on commu- like community days back in the day uh, when we were going outside our houses a bit more, like, sometimes the servers just weren't up to snaff. And I just worry that they won't be especially because this is like you know end of july when especially in the uk lockdown will be you know we will have a very different attitude towards going outside i imagine and there'll be different rules and restrictions and people will be flooding outside and you know if you can play it all from inside your living room then i might be tempted but i'm not sure that that's the case because even with some of the measures they've put in currently that let you play from home in a better way it still doesn't feel like you're getting the full experience, which is fine because, you know, it's as good as, but I don't know, I'm not convinced. Are you going in? Um, well, I, as you know, we've discussed this before. I have gone without spending, without spending any money on Pokemon Go and I intend to keep that record. So it's very unlikely I'll be involved, but I'm very much looking forward to the research tasks leading up to it. So there you go. Yeah. But um, no, you're right. I mean, there'll be a lot of people getting involved and it's going to be you know, ser- very server heavy with stuff they need to do with this, with certain players getting access and other players not. Um, in a way, it's like they did a sort of test of this with the recent research tasks, isn't it? Because if you did all those special research tasks for each of the regions, you're going to have access to special research tasks. Mm. And if you hadn't finished all the spe- region-specific tasks, you could buy a um, token to have access to it. So maybe that was sort of like testing the water as to how it would work if you have a virtual ticket and how you'll be able to get access to the special um, research tasks. But, uh, you know, I've got, I've got hope they'll get this right. I um, mean, they've got plenty of time to get it right. And I'm sure they know um, because of lockdown and, you know, how many people are playing at the moment. It's been like this for a couple of months now. So hopefully they are prepared. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm sure if they aren't prepared, we will see the fallout yeah, for on sure. Twitter. Yeah. Yes, I look forward to in six, seven weeks' time, us reporting. After all the Pokemon Go Fest uh, issues over the weekend, the Antic have responded with blah, blah, and blah. Uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah. But on another note, Poke- um, Harry Potter Wizard Unite is great at the moment, and I love it. <laughs> they had a um, special community day um, on Saturday, from home edition which was great and they've also got the next part of the one year on brilliant events because i think it's i don't know when the exact anniversary was but i think it's been the year since wizards unite released let's see let's see when it released wizards unite released on the 20th of june so yeah in five days time it will be the year anniversary and they've got the special brilliant events happening to celebrate that which is just dandy absolutely great God, it's really been a year. I know, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. It feels like, it feels like it's been around for longer than that. Yeah, definitely. There you well, go. It's been such a long time. Since. Anyway, um, well, I think that's everything from us. Um, yeah, we've recorded a little bit early this week, so if news slips out later on in the week, then I'm sure we will be covering it uh, next episode, 292. Um, yeah, man. I hope you have a good week. I'm going to play some Animal Crossing. I'm going to play some Okami. I'm going to play some Hotline Miami. What are you going to be playing? I'm going to play some more uh, Call of Duty, but I'm going to try and finish Series 2 of Batman the Telltale Game. And then I will get on to Uri and the... I always forget, is it Forbidden Forest? Uri and the the Blind Forest. So I'll get on to that because I've also got that on Nintendo Switch as well, which I bought recently. Lovely. 
many good things. So if you want to email us, heroesofhandheld at gmail.com. If you want to find our website, heroesofhandheld.wordpress.com, and there's a contact us button on there. All our previous episodes are on our website as well. If you Google Heroes of Handheld, you'll find wherever we stream or wherever we post. Um, we are on Stitcher, we are on Podomatic, I think. We're on iTunes, we're on Spotify. So Wherever you get a good podcast from, we are there. We are there, people. And you can also tweet us at Handheld Podcast as well if you want to get in touch with us. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Chris. You're the best. I love you the most. Oh, I love you the most, actually. Get on out of here, you, you charmer. Scamp. All right, have a good scamp. week, everyone. Enjoy your switching, and we'll be back soon. Switch. <laughs>